From the 809 Restaurant and Lounge in the heart of Inwood, New York City, welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air, where we meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home in what we affectionately call Upstate Manhattan. I'm your host, Aaron Sims. And today, we're turning our artist spotlight on two local artists who are the co-founders of Art in the Basin, Tim W. Brown and Amy Joy Roboto. Amy Joy is an artist, published poet, writer, and the creator, producer, and director of several YouTube channels, including A Joy Cloud, Where is Blaze, and Imagination Welcomed. Tim W. Brown is the author of four novels, Deconstruction Acres, Left of the Loop, Walking Man, and Second Acts, which won the 2010 London Book Festival Award for General Fiction. His fiction, poetry, and nonfiction have appeared in over 200 publications, including The Brooklyn Rail, Chelsea, New Observations, Poetry Project Newsletter, and Slipstream. Since 2017, Tim and Amy have co-hosted the bi-weekly Art in the Basin open mic series in the Northwest Bronx. For those of you who don't know, that's the Marble Hill, Riverdale, and Kingsbury section just north across the Broadway Bridge, which is very much a part of our community. We're going to talk about their work, building community through art in the Bronx, and so much more. But first, Tim and Amy... Thank you so much, and welcome to In What Artworks On Air. We appreciate you being here. Thank you, Aaron. It's nice to be here. It's, Thanks for having us. It's great to have you here in person. Um, and uh, our world have been, have been zoomed in and out, but it's wonderful to say, you know, hi, how are you? It's great to see you. We're real people. We can converse and not have a filter, right? It's actually something refreshing. It is. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's so nice to say... Um, that you're you are doers in this neighborhood you are people who make it happen so i'm i'm so happy to have you here to share what you've been doing and how you have been uh enriching our community through your work uh but first i want to talk very briefly um you've been working together in tandem to create art in the base and so i want to know the genesis of the idea behind it and say nick so where did you meet and how did that come about well uh we Essentially, Amy Joy and I uh, bumped into each other uh, on the street. Uh, she's what I kind of term a community booster, and she's one of those people who seems to be everywhere at once, and some mutual friends kind of introduced us, and, you know, we hit it off and um, started collaborating after that. Yeah, the Basin was uh, already a thriving little community with the restaurants and bars and, you know, everyone's coming together and socializing. And I just felt like it needed just a little bit more culture, a little more space for, you know, culture to convene. <laughs> and so you, you noticed that there was an absence of something there and that you wanted to, you know, enhance that, right? Correct. And out came the idea of art in the basin and I already dubbed that neighborhood the basin. <laughs> so out of it came art in the basin and it turned into a, a nice safe environment um, at a local cafe, Monomore Coffee and Wine, which is on West 238th Street. And uh, it's a nice intimate space and a perfect place for first timers and seasoned uh, writers to come and command the room and share the space and meet the community, meet, meet friends. Uh, uh, I think one of the things I loved most about it was after everyone would just kind of hang around and stay and talk to each other about their work and 
you know, meet each other and they became friends outside of Art in the Basin. So it has spiraled upwards into something I didn't expect. <laughs> Not only did you create a scene, you created the name for the scene, which I think is fantastic. <laughs> that I had no idea you dubbed it Art I in the Basin. That it. should be like in the the New York City historical annals or something <laughs> like that. It's, it's, there should at least be a, an inspired work by that. I hope somebody <laughs> should write that down. Um, Thank you. Well, as Amy said, uh, they've been presenting work there uh, since 2017 in the Basin. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, um, they describe Art in the Basin as with a community-based aesthetic, it draws a diverse collection of voices in a thriving public conversation that features emerging local, national, and international talent. It presents a bi-weekly two-hour vivid programming. Uh, it includes storytelling, cabaret, poetry, comedy, music, and so much more. Um, and what you kind of described before is my personal joy and what you do is that it's a hyperlocal platform and it's an incubator for artistic expression for not only new people, but very established artists as well. And um, I think that is something that's amazing to say. People feel comfortable. Um, they feel that they're empowered, whether they are a newbie, uh, trying something out for the very first time and sharing something incredibly personal. Because it seems, in my experience in open mics, people tend to like, this is the first page of my diary. And you're, and you're just like, okay, I got to I gotta watch out here. And, uh, and, and everyone, you know, start, they start crying, and, uh, which is a, a tears of joy sometimes. And, tears have happened there. And it tears. was beautiful to see. I mean, uh, to see someone just taking themselves out of themselves and putting them so plainly in front of a room for everyone to just focus on it's it's a beautiful thing and i've seen like the emotions come out and them feeling relieved almost to have had this opportunity to express themselves so fully and i know a lot of people who say um because having done open mics myself uh, through what artworks uh, in the past People talk to them and they either love it or they hate it. Like just, just the idea, forget, they, they won't even, if they, regardless if they showed up or not, because I think they're scared um, in many ways of it being like a cathartic experience for not only the people that they're going to witness having a cathartic experience, but themselves too, because their, their audience is very much a participant, right, Tim? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the feedback that people uh, receive uh, is fantastic for them. It's always, I think, in our particular venue, very positive, and uh, we like to reinforce uh, people to express themselves and to share, you know, their thoughts and to really, you know, join this intimate conversation that, that we've started and, you know, try to maintain and keep going. Well, you're doing a great job keeping it going. As Amy Joyce said, Mon Amour was the physical host of the open mic. And uh, to both your credit, you quickly moved the event virtually via Zoom and very, very early on in the pandemic. I want to say like in March or April. Yes. Um, and what, so uh, it offers a different kind of intimacy than being in person. But um, I wanted to be curious of like what went to that decision? Because thinking back then, everyone was still trying to figure out what to do and how to, how to engage with people. So just curious what went to that decision to go online so quickly. Well, I mean, uh, a forum like an open mic, I think, is sort of a natural for, you know, the Zoom environment. Um, it 
does train, you know, the camera on your face and there's very little that you can hide <laughs> and you do uh, express yourself not only through your words but also, you know, with your expressions and and also I think that um, you know, I always joke that uh, we're the only open mic in New York City without a mic. <laughs> we never used a mic or hardly ever did at the cafe because the space was small enough that it really wasn't necessary and even could be a little overpowering. Um, but with uh, Zoom, you know, the sound is really up front now. Uh, more so than I would say it used to be, and it, it's hard to ignore, and it really naturally draws your attention in. And I wonder too, it's, it's interesting um, dichotomy of not having a mic. So, and as we know, people love to hide behind anything they can. It's a mic, <laughs> which is a very tiny thing, or a, an, in, an instrument, or whatever, anything they can. But Zoom is interesting is that you hide behind a filter, but yet you're actually in your own space by yourself so there's a comfort in that too which is strange Absolutely. and i'm wondering if that has influenced any um any any kind of your in your shows or any kind of um readings that anybody have done and have they and i guess part two to that question too is that um you think you think it empowers people more to participate and i guess my second part is that have they used the medium uh, of Zoom to help them tell their stories in more creative ways they wouldn't have available to them being in person. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I would believe uh, that that's true. Um, in the live space, there's a bit more sort of planning and dealing with the spatial relations. Um, and I think uh, not only have we drawn a bigger audience than sometimes we used to have live, uh, because we would get people from well, Manhattan, uh, other parts of the Bronx. Um, uh, Astoria. Uh, Astoria, and we've even recently had people uh, from Hungary and uh, a regular who lives in St. Kitts. And uh, in fact, this past Tuesday, a gentleman who dialed in uh, from Berkeley, California, who was a singer-songwriter. That said, uh, we've also had experiences where people felt that they could put on a show a bit more. A few weeks ago, uh, somebody brought uh, some dramatic dialogues. They weren't really monologues, but dialogues. And a couple, three people who were taking part were assigned roles. And it was sort of a dramatic reading of this participant's uh, play that's, that's in progress. Very cool. And it would have been difficult to do that, I think, in the cafe, given the space constraints. Also, now we can have music. Before, uh, I think the musicians uh, were asking for, you know, equipment, like uh, mics and I don't even know what musicians need. <laughs> yeah, no, the amplifiers and boards. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, well, um, traditionally, some spaces have a back end. So they have right. a board, they have, you know, speakers, amps. You know. So now they have their own space and they can bring themselves fully. So that's that's the beauty about Zoom. You're for me personally too, I feel I've always been very nervous to like stand up in front of a crowd. And actually that's one of the reasons why I took on this adventure because I was trying to break out of my own little shell. And um now you know, you're you're commanding your own space in your own space, so you feel more comfortable, and you're just willing to just open up more, and you have your equipment available, 
and we've had some awesome music, cabaret, um, participating in the poetry, uh, the dialogues. It's just been a little more dynamic than just commanding the space at Monomore Coffee and Wine. <laughs> well, it's actually tremendous, I think, that you've been able to find deeper connections within your community and then also, because of this virtual medium, have invited so many people in uh, just by the way you've been curating. Uh, and I know you don't have to worry about creating, like you know, producing the back end and mixing someone's music. So you don't have you can let that stuff go. You can you can you can focus on the work and bringing people in and, and connecting community. And I think that um, it's so wonderful to be able to have transcended local boundaries and include others uh, do the flexibility of that virtual process been offered. So I'm curious, um, I know we're supposedly um, all getting vaccines very soon. Um, will you continue the virtual programs when it's safe to quote unquote to go back together at Monomore or wherever? Well, you know, we're discussing it. I mean, I personally, you know, can't wait to go back to the live space because that's where I think I personally thrive best. I am a natural ham, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm actually very sort of quiet and shy when you talk to me in person, but you put me in front of an audience and I just like explode. Um, I'm so and, glad we canceled the studio audience today. You, didn't you know, and it's, uh, you know, it's something, it, it, you know, I'm putting on a performance, you know, I'm, my, sure. my role is as MC. Um, the one thing that I think is different as the host, uh, as the MC, of uh, the open mic on Zoom is that there seems to be, for me anyway, a lot more pressure in a way. Um, I kind of compare it to being a radio DJ uh, where you have to kind of keep the talk, the patter constant, and the last thing that you want is dead air. And so I always sort of feel that all empty, silent spaces must be filled, whereas in a live context, I'm able to sort of back off and let the words sort of absorb the audience and wash over them, and I can sort of rest and pause, and we all just sort of think about what we've heard. But that's not so possible uh, online in a place like Zoom. Sure. Well, I may regret this, but I'm going to give you the opportunity to share your work now in front of me and Amy and our crew here. Uh, as an extension of the virtual open mic, if you will. So, and I believe you brought something to share with our honor listeners to give them a first-hand experience from the work presented by Art in the Basin. So if you wouldn't mind, uh, we'll, we'll keep ourselves in case you turn into something else. Uh, you're, you're, you're Mr. Hyde, Dr. Jekyll. Uh, but seriously, though, we, we, we're looking forward to your work. Well, it's a cool medium, right, video? Yeah. Um, and even audio. I'll read a poem I wrote uh, not so long ago that uh, was the product of a workshop. Um, the, the Bronx has a wonderful uh, art organization, the Bronx Council on the Arts, that promotes and produces uh, workshops. And everybody in the community uh, takes part. And a number of the people, in fact, at Art in the Basin are also participants in these workshops. This is a piece called, A Secret Reveals Itself Only Slowly, Never Suddenly. Their secrets become your secrets if you agree to conspire with them. They want you to join their plots, 
They want to co-opt you, make you complicit in the bad decisions they have made in life. They want you as their advocate, defense attorney, for when their secrets are discovered, regardless of guilt or innocence. Shame is at the heart of their secrets. Shame is the brain. It's the underlying stock for options traded on the secrets exchange. They want you to partner with them and share the risk of exposing the full value of their secrets. Their secrets are a species of risk management. They protect their secret positions, counting on your intimate relations to turn you into an insider trader of their shame. When the secrets shared with you unwind, you are the only one left holding the bag. Nice. And Amy, do you have something for us as well? Um, yes, I usually um, end art in the basin with either this poem or my three little words, which I'm gonna say in a bit. This is called Lead Love, and you could find uh, me reading this on my YouTube channel, A Joy Cloud. Love at the helm, take me to an unseen realm. In an I'll dwell under sacred spell, waving until your gaze sets still. Love, lead the way. And with my three words, I usually sign off from Art in the Basin, let love lead. <laughs> I couldn't have said it any better, and I think we'll uh, sign off now from Inwood Artworks with those words. Tim and Amy, it's been a pleasure speaking with you both. Before we say goodbye, where can people go to find out more about Art in the Basin and perhaps participate or attend a future virtual or in-person open mic? Well, we have, of course, our social media uh, accounts at uh, uh, Instagram, which is Art in the Basin, YouTube, where sometimes you'll find video excerpts from our readings. Uh, Art in the Basin, and on Facebook, AITB, Art in the Basin. And as well, uh, we maintain a mailing list uh, and a newsletter that Amy Joy assembles uh, and sends out. Uh, we urge you to go to uh, Eventbrite uh, and look for us at AITB space VOM, where you can sign up for future open mics and then, of course, receive in the email the uh, secret uh, uh, <laughs> password and uh, admission code. Awesome. And if you would like to connect directly with us, you can email us at artinthebasin at gmail.com. They'll sign you up. Zoom on in. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, listeners, you'll be able to find those links at our Inwood Artworks on-air webpage. Uh, once again, Thanks so much, Tim and Amy, for being here today and joining me on this very special Artist Spotlight episode of Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where we meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home here in Upper Manhattan and in our community, Northwest Bronx as well. Uh, if you have a moment, please show us some love right now by rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. Uh, I want to say a very special thanks to 809 Restaurant and Lounge here in Inwood for hosting us and to HighTice.com for great local uptown promotional support. Uh, be sure to follow us on social media as well, at Inwood Artworks on Instagram, 
Twitter and Facebook. Uh, and keep up with all that we do, including the Inwood Film Festival, Filmwork Cell Fresco, our pop-up art galleries, live performances, and more, which do include open mics sometime, some way, <laughs> someday again. Uh, you can support On Air and all our programming by making a tax-free donation at inwoodartworks.nyc backslash donate. Please do. We need your support. Inwood Artworks On Air is made possible with funding from the New York City and Company Foundation with support from Manhattan Borough President Gail Brewer and the Niska Electronic Media and Film Grant Program in partnership with Wave Farm Media Arts Assistance Fund and the support of Governor Andrew Cuomo and the New York State Legislature. Thank you for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims for Inwood Artworks On Air. <laughs>